Cambridge Muslim College, training the next generation of Muslim thinkers. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. May Allah give us uh, strength and joy and mildness as we travel through this great annual journey of the fasting month of Ramadan. Amin. Uh, one of the benefits of the fast, and you can never list them fully, they are so numerous, is that it breaks us a little bit. Uh, what the Arabic language calls butter, which means <coughs> a kind of flaunting, fragrant, um, striding arrogance, and which the Holy Prophet detested, becomes a little bit harder if the blood sugar levels are down and you're not walking towards the next <coughs> cafe macchiato or visit to the uh, confectionery machine or the next cigarette but you're in this kind of arid space where only important things uh, appear around you. That uh, with that sort of cockiness, that arrogance, that flaunting nature of us, kind of broken a bit, and having to husband our strength, uh, we acquire humility, the virtue of humility. And the sin of pride is no longer there, and the scholars debate endlessly. The seven deadly sins, we have this in Islam as in other religions. saba. <coughs> Says the Holy Prophet, beware the seven deadly sins, the seven destroyers. Oh, Messenger of Allah, and what are they? Now, if you turn to that chapter in Sahih Muslim, you'll see it's different versions. Uh, the first is always sin number one, Al Ishraqu Billah, the unforgivable catastrophe of thinking that the many comes from more than one. <coughs> which destroys everything else. Uh, and then there's other things, uh, 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 filial impiety, um, breaking, willfully breaking ties with parents, uh, as zina is another one, and the list varies, but pride, kibr, is certainly up there. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in a remarkable hadith, Al-Azamatu Rida'i that glory or pride is my garment. He is the Lord of Kibriya, he is the Kabir, even Al-Mutakabir, <coughs> the one who in his own nature is great and glorious. And human beings fall and fail to the extent that they think that they're great. They become like Nimrod or Fir'aun. And Allah says, أَصْرِفُ عَنْ آيَاتِيَ الَّذِينَ يَتَكَبَّرُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ بِغَيْرِ I shall deflect from my signs those who are proud in the earth without right. وَإِنْ يَرَوْ كُلَّ آيَةٍ even if they see every sign, they don't uh, 
see it or they don't believe in it. In other words, <coughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can show Fir'aun, and this is the great passage in the text that shows how this aspect of human psychology works, sign after sign, uh, the boils and the frogs and the blood, and it's pretty clear that Sayyidina Musa salam, is not just doing conjuring tricks, but this is serious, <coughs> destroying the land, and still, he uh, is so proud that he can't can't accept it. If they see every sign, they don't believe it. And human beings are given very many signs. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not, is not uh, uh, tight-fisted with his spiritual gifts. So many people are given sign after sign after sign. Everything is a sign, but some are more evident to our frail faculties than others. Allah gives us very many signs. And sometimes truth is staring people in the face. Absolutely evident. Like the, the, the signs that Abu Sufyan saw. <laughs> he was late in his conversion, the conquest of Makkah. And he'd seen so many things. And this man, Abu Qasim, was clearly astounding. And the story of Arabia had clearly changed so profoundly. And yet, the ego made it hard for him. He saw those signs, but he didn't see them. And this is part of our problem. I shall turn aside from my signs those who are proud in the earth without right. And only Allah has the right to be proud. We are just bags of organic material full of impurity, impure thoughts as well as impure intestines and we're only going to last a few decades if we're lucky and then we become even more impure. Not really much grounds for, for pride there. Um, we're just part of the, the cycle of, of the organic world um, in ourselves. Uh, nothing much. Uh, but still we have this pride. We have this arrogance. I really deserve this big, sleek new car. I really ought to live in this big house that is designed so that passers-by can envy me, like the palace of, of, of Qarun. I really deserve this uh, tailor-made, customized suit for $5,000. And half of the world is preoccupied with this. And the only way that they are at peace with their conscience is by telling themselves that they actually deserve this. You've worked so hard, you deserve it. You've been doing this and you've done this for humanity, so you deserve it. So they think they have the haq, but no, they don't. Not when 10,000 desperate people a year are drowning trying to cross the Mediterranean and the world is in uproar. You think you're going to have a spiffy new Italian suit every year? Don't think so. This is not the prophetic way. So Allah is saying, if you are proud in the earth without right, this pharaonic, dreadful, deadly sin, I'll, I'm going to turn you away from my signs. In other words, you see everything, but you're like the illiterate person <coughs> trying to find his way, driving, and he sees the signposts, but he can't read them. He just sees weird shapes, and he knows their letters, and there for some reason otherwise it's all very weird it must be there for a purpose but he can't make it out and he goes drives around aimlessly until he finally keels over 
or crashes, and he's, it's, it's tragic. He hasn't learned to read. And in this case, because of his arrogance, oh, he could work it out. Uh, I don't need a GPS. I don't need to read signposts. I didn't need to read a map. I'm such a great guy. This is how many human beings, maybe most human beings, are in this age. We don't have the roadmap. We can't read the signs. We don't know what anything means any longer. We're confused even about basic things, about our identity and truth and beauty and obvious stuff that to our ancestors were evident. Uh, we've been turned away from the reading of the signs. Uh, and this happens not just in the signs in creation, but the signs in scripture as well. In other words, we have appointed جَعَلْنَا عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِ الَّذِينَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْآخِرَةِ أَكِنَّةً أَنْ يَفْقَهُوهُ وَفِي آذَانِهِمْ وَقْرَاءً We have placed over the hearts of those who don't have faith in the Akhirah veils lest they should understand it and as their ears are stopped up. The Qur'an is astounding to people of pure heart but there are some people who read it but don't read it. Even the ancient Arabs heard this amazing symphony and because their ears were stopped up what is it that does that just ego only ego nothing but ego so the holy prophet says alayhi salatu wasalam your biggest enemy is your ego your nafs which is between your two sides you have enemies in the world rivals competitors etc that's part of being alive but the greatest enemy is the adu, which is uh, your ego within yourself which makes you make these huge claims about yourself, that makes you admire yourself whenever you pass a mirror that makes you really concerned about what other people think of you and are saying about you and this is all rubbish because you'll come to an end, that chit chat will come to an end, all of the rubbish gets forgotten, the only thing that lasts is that which contains dhikrullah and which uh, brings about human healing. So we need to recall this. It's important. Ramadan breaks our pride. It cracks us a little bit, brings us down, makes us stoop. We're carrying this new thing. Life is harder. And inshallah, with the pride diminished, the spirit will start to spread its wings and inshallah to fly. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us all to overcome our pride by his grace and inshallah taste some of the sweetness of this month which is promised to those who approach it with humility and open-heartedness. Inshallah. Barakallahu feekum. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi Cambridge Muslim College, training the next generation of Muslim thinkers.